your son's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Be seated. Church family, one of the most notable figures in all the Bible is the Old Testament character David. And when we begin talking about David, we probably remember most of all the epic battle that he had with Goliath. Also, he's well known for the sinful mistake that he made with Bathsheba. But in this morning's message, I want to take us as a church all the way back to David's beginning. And when you go to David's beginning, you have to remember that the nation of Israel has just passed through the time of the judges, and they're transitioning to the time of the kings, and that transitional character that that led the nation in that transition was a man named Saul. He was both a prophet and a judge. And, And, excuse me, Samuel. And Samuel was the one who ushered them into a time when Israel would finally have a king. And you also have to remember that Israel, that God did not want them to have a king. God actually said, I want to be your king. But they said, hey, everybody else has a king. We want a king ourselves. And so God gives in and says, okay, I'll give you what you asked for. And he gave them King Saul. Now, if you know biblical history, you know that didn't go so well. So even while Saul was still king... God selected another person to be the next king. And that's where we're going to pick up the story this morning. I want you to take your Bibles with me today and go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 16. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 13. And I I want you to know I'm, I'm very excited to be back in the pulpit this morning. And I'm doubly excited to be in the Old Testament. A, a pastor sometimes finds that he has patterns. And one of my negative patterns is I don't get into the Old Testament enough. And so I'm going to try to correct that today just a bit in the sense that we'll be preaching out of the Old Testament not only this morning but also in our worship service tonight at 6 p.m. I hope you'll be back with us. Let's go ahead and stand together as we honor the reading of God's Word. 1 Samuel chapter 16 verses 1 through 13 that the passage is titled, Samuel Anoints David. It reads this way, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem, for I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, How can I go? Saul will hear about it, and he will kill me. The Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I, will come. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. So Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, Do you come in peace? And Samuel replied, Yes, in peace, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. And then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. 
But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shema pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel each time said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons that you have? Well, Jesse answered, they're still the youngest, but he's tending the sheep. And Samuel said, send for him. We will not set down until he arrives. So he sent and had him brought in. He was ruddy with a fine appearance and handsome features. And then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. He is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. And Samuel then went to Ramah. I love this scene, a display and a pageant of the would-be kings. I want us to talk about it today. Go ahead and be seated. This morning, we have the privilege of talking about three principles I think that God gives us in this story. And, And the title of the message today, I always love to title my messages. The title of this message is The Kind of Person That God chooses or the kind of person that God uses. And we see here today that God chooses and then he will use David. And so here's principle number one, I think, that we can find in the story. The first principle is that God evaluates us by our hearts. God evaluates us by our hearts. And by this, I mean that God evaluates us by our attitudes, our attitudes toward life our attitudes toward God himself, our attitudes toward reality. God looks at what's on the inside rather than what's on the outside. And that's the principle that rises above every other word in the passage today, that man looks at the outward appearance, right? But God looks at the heart. Now, when I think about that, I'm automatically confirmed how true that is, that man looks at the outward appearance, right? Man always looks at appearance. Humans have always been interested, best I can tell, in somebody who looks good. And that's why Aaliyah was noticed first off by Samuel. He looked like some guy you'd see on the cover of Gentleman's Quarterly. I mean, he was, he was tall and dark and handsome, I would imagine, right? And Samuel looked out and said, hey, this has got to be the one. And we still do that today. I really think it's why women spend so much time putting on makeup and fixing their hair. And let me just say on behalf of all guys everywhere, ladies, God bless you for doing that. You look fantastic, okay? Uh, But let me take it a step further, right? I read recently, I want you to hear this, that there are over 25,000 annual beauty contests in the United States of America. And they range in names from things like this, Little Miss So-and-So, we have those in every town, Uh, Miss Senior Adult, the Nursing Home Queen, it doesn't matter what age that they are, we're having beauty pageants at all courses of life. We're consumed with how people look. I've told you this story before, I think it's worth telling again, that Winston Churchill had this ongoing feud with Lady Astor in England. And one night they were at this big state event and Churchill was acting like he sometimes acted. 
He had had a little bit too much to drink, and Lady Astor was so upset with his antics that she said to him in this huffy voice, Mr. Churchill, you are despicably drunk. And he looked at her in front of everybody and said, and Lady Astor, you are despicably ugly. And then he continued, but in the morning, I shall be sober, right? So we make a big deal, right, out of beauty. We make a big deal out of how people look. But, but let's shift that today, and I, I want you to hear this, and I want you to know this, that God's eyes are not on outward appearance. An outward appearance, according to God, has nothing to do with whether or not God can use you. And God chooses people just like me and just like you. God uses people who don't necessarily look great. And the reason for that is because God looks at the heart. God looks for purity. I love being able to say this, that God is more interested in purity than he is in beauty. And I love the fact that God has the ability to look into our very hearts. Let me give you some examples of that. Jesus looked into Nicodemus's heart in John chapter 3. And he knew that he was a man who was all caught up in the outward trappings of religion. Jesus looked into the heart of a woman at the well, and he knew that she was a woman who had had five different husbands, and now she was just living with a man. He looked into Zacchaeus's heart, that number one scoundrel of Jericho, and he knew he was a man who was hungry for righteousness. Isn't it great that God can do that? He can look into our hearts. Isn't it great that God is so much more interested in purity than he is in beauty? The first principle today from this amazing selection of David is that God evaluates us by our hearts. The second principle from this story is this, that God chooses those who seem unqualified. Go back to the text with me, and this time let's read only verse 11. So interesting. So Samuel asked Jesse, are these all the sons that you have? Jesse answered, and you can almost hear the tone, well, they're still the youngest, but, but he's only tending the sheep. And Samuel said, send for him, and we won't even sit down until he arrives. They're still the youngest, Jesse said. That word in the Hebrew for youngest is, is a word that, that really means the least. And if we were to put it in context today, I think the best terminology that I could come up with, it, it would be like calling him the runt of the litter, right? There, there's still the least among all my sons. There's still the runt of the litter. That's what this dad was saying about his son. It's obvious that David was not the, his father's favorite. But God chooses those who seem unqualified. You see, Saul seemed qualified. The Bible tells us that he stood head and shoulders above everybody else. He looked apart. Eliab and the other brothers, they seemed qualified. Jesse stood back, pumped up his chest, said, hey, these right here, these are my boys. But it says that David was ruddy. We don't use that word often, do we? According to the scholars of Hebrew phrasing, they say that that probably means he had light red hair and 
very pale, fair skin. It could also refer to a teenager who had yet even started shaving. In other words, he had peach fuzz on his face, right? That's what, that's what being described when David is being discussed. And when he walked in, in contrast to all of these big brawny brothers, David is the one who gets anointed. Samuel takes that horn of oil, the olive oil, and he pours it over David's head. And it ran down his hair and onto his shoulders. It was symbolic in that day of the Holy Spirit coming upon David. And it even says from that point forward, the Spirit of God came upon him. So it makes me want to ask, what are the kind of qualities that God is looking for? Because you see, this is where this passage really starts to impact us. Because our lives are lives of choices. We choose what we say. We choose how we act. We choose, in essence, who we're going to be. What kind of qualities can we choose that are pleasing to God? And I want to list out three today, qualities that David had that we ought to strive for. And the first one is this, David had a heart for God. 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. I want you to imagine this with me. And it's not just our imagination. It's in essence true based on what the Scripture just said. I want you to imagine God looking through all 6 billion people on planet earth. And He's staring intently trying to find one man one woman, one teenager, one child. He's trying to find one person whose heart is not a perfect heart, but a heart that's perfectly directed toward God, a heart that reaches out and says, God, I want to live for you. God, I want to serve you. God, I want to love you. I don't care about anything else, anyone else. I just want to be pleasing in your eyes. Folks, David, at this time of his life, he was that kind of man. He was a man, the Bible says, after God's own heart. And you see, that gets exciting. Because is that you? Is that who you are? Is it who you say, Pastor, that's who I aspire to be? Is it your goal in in 2022? Is it your goal in life? Are you more interested in pleasing and honoring God than you are in pleasing and honoring any other person? Do you say, I just want to be a person after God's own heart? And don't you think the most important thing that could be said about you at your own funeral would be this? He was a good pastor. It's got to be more than that. Don't you think there's something more important than saying he was a good father, he was a good husband? Don't you think more more than that, that they would say there was a man, there was a woman who was after God's own heart. He or she wanted to be pleasing to God. And I hope that's what you're living for. I hope that's what our church is producing. God is looking for people whose hearts are for him. The first quality, David had a heart for God. The second one, David was dependable. 
David had the quality of dependability. And you not only see that right here in the beginning, but you also see it throughout his life. How do I know he was dependable? Because he was dependable enough to be the shepherd over his daddy's flocks. He was out there by himself, wasn't he? He was so dependable, and we're going to see this tonight even further, that when a bear came to kill some of the sheep, David didn't run and hide. He killed the bear. He was so dependable that when a lion came out to eat one of the lambs, David didn't run and hide. No, he killed the lion. And then when a giant came to threaten God's people, David didn't run and hide. No, he stayed and he killed that giant. Two of the most valuable qualities in the service to the Lord Jesus Christ is dependability and availability, and young David had both. David was dependable. He was a person that had a heart for God. Let me give you the third quality. David had integrity. Very simple definition of integrity. Integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is around to see you do the right thing. Integrity is being honest for the sake of honesty. I want you to hear what the Bible actually says about David in Psalm 78. It's Psalm 78 verse 72. It says, and David shepherded them with integrity of heart, with skillful hands he led them. So David was not only a man who desired integrity, he was a man who practiced it. He was doing it. He could have killed Saul later in his life. You remember the story, hiding in the cave. But he didn't do it because Saul was still the anointed of God. He did what was right even when nobody else was there to see it. Now those are pretty good qualities. David had them. We should strive for them. He had a heart for God. He was dependable. He had integrity. So the second principle of the passage today, God chooses those who seem unqualified because he can see into their hearts. Let's go to the third principle. God prepares us by giving us difficult jobs. God prepares us by giving us difficult jobs. Uh, God wanted David to be king, right? But many years elapsed before David finally became the king. And as best we can determine by the chronology, it may have been as long as 30 years before David finally took the throne. And in the meantime, guess what? He had to deal with Saul. He had to deal with Saul. Tough story. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 14. Now the Spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. So let me paraphrase for us today. Saul had basically become a raging maniac, right? He was an evil lunatic. He became so hard to manage that the only thing that could calm him down or settle him down was when he heard music. And guess who got the job? (laughs) Let's go back and hear together. 1 Samuel 16, verse 19. You can read along with me if you like. It says, Then Saul sent messengers to Jesse... And said, send me your son David, who is out with the sheep. He's still out there. So Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and a young goat, and sent them with his son David to Saul. David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much, and David became one of his armor bearers. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, saying, allow David to remain in my service, for I am pleased with him. Whenever the Spirit came upon Saul, meaning that evil spirit, right, David would take his harp and he would play, 
And then relief would come to Saul, he would feel better, and the evil spirit would leave him. So congratulations to David, right? He got this joyous job of playing a harp for the raging lunatic. I've got a homework assignment for you. I want you this afternoon, if you can. The Cowboys already played last night. You're in good shape, okay? There are 66 chapters in the Bible devoted to David. So go to 1 Samuel 16 and just read all around there, okay? And as you read those, you're going to see how really hard this all was for David. Uh, You're going to see that sometimes Saul became so difficult that he would actually take a spear and throw it at David. Here's my point. Sometimes God is going to put you and me in difficult jobs that we may not enjoy. And people may throw things at us. You and I may become a target of their anger. But here's what I see in the story. That God was preparing David through those difficult times for bigger and better things. And I think if David had lost his temper and started retaliating and acting like a fool, if he had refused to sing and play when Saul was a raving lunatic, he never would have been prepared and ready to be the kind of king that God wanted him to be. So apply it to life. Some of us, some of you right now, are doing something that's become very distasteful. And it's tough on your family. Maybe it's at work for you. Maybe school. Maybe it's just relationships, right? But I promise you, it had to be tough on David knowing that he was anointed the next king. And here was Saul, whom the Spirit of God had even left. Here was a holy man in the presence of an unholy person, but yet he submitted to him. And the Bible says he served him. How difficult that must have been. But God was trying to prepare David. David was out in the field taking care of the sheep and wild beasts came. You and I know that by killing those wild beasts, he knew that when a giant of a beast came also and stood before him, that he could do that also. But he also had to deal with another beast, a human beast, right, named Saul. And throughout his life, David was going to have to deal with difficult people sometimes in his own family. And I think in all those ways, God was preparing him for that. You see, God prepares us for difficult jobs. The title of this message, The Kind of Person God Chooses, The Kind of Person God Uses. God chose David, and hear me, he really, really wants to choose and use you. Today we get to...